In this episode, we'll be exploring the journey of an Africa-based design thinking practitioner. In the studio, we have with us Joanna. So welcome, Joanna. Hello, Maria. Thank you. (laughs) So Joanna, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So I am Joanna. I am, as you might hear already, originally from Germany. I'm currently based in Cape Town. It's been a bit over, I think, two years now. Um, In Cape Town, I actually studied, I did my postgrad in media, and I also got into design thinking. So I'm currently also, like, I'm experimenting a bit, so I'm actually working as a design thinker currently, but I also do a lot of other things on the side. So basically, yeah, anything creative, creative strategy, communication, like that kind of stuff. And yeah, but I think currently my my newly found passion is definitely design thinking. (laughs) That's awesome to hear. You and I met each other when we were at the D school Mm. and when we did the foundation program. Yeah. So how how would you actually describe design thinking to someone who perhaps has never heard of it? So I think design thinking is actually exactly that. It is a way of thinking and you do apply design principles to your newly way of thinking. So um, yeah, I think it's 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 so when you think about it, like what I'm currently doing in my professional field is I'm applying design thinking as a research tool. So it's basically like a mixture of ethnography, I think, and like other more experimental um, research methods. But yeah, I think ultimately it's it's like. It's bravery, it's, it's audacity, it's fail early, it's prototyping. It's basically, I think what actually sums it up really nicely is it's thinking with your hands. Mm. And I think that is also what I really enjoy about design thinking. And something quite different from, from our academic backgrounds. Exactly. Like very, very different. <laughs> and you said that you've been applying it recently. Mm-hmm. You had the opportunity to do some research work, like yep. user research work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I think design thinking as a method is still kind of hard to sell, if you want to say that uh, frankly. So yeah, it's it's a bit less the ideal design thing. I actually think we also had a chat about that mm. when we were we said we we came from this ideal space where we where we learned the ideal version of design thinking and then you come in like the corporate space and now you have a client that like demands certain things so i think also just like you know in a world where quantitative research is still very much something that people trust and numbers figures all these things it's it's still a bit hard for design thinking but what we are doing um where basically it's just a very specific technique of interviewing and ultimately it's about just underlying uh, sorry, about discovering the underlying needs of your user. So there is this really nice um, saying that Rob, I'm sure you remember, <laughs> always said, um, where Henry Ford said, um, if you would have asked people what they what they wanted, they would have said they wanted a faster horse. But the underlying need was they wanted a car or like that's 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 what he gave to like fulfill this very need that they wanted a, a speedier um, transport, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's what it's about and I think that's also the beauty of applying design thinking in the in the market research field because you do uncover like you do try to put your own bias aside and you do try to like actually listen to your user. Like one thing that I personally find a bit sad is that um, I think it's a bit hard to because it's a bit hard to like actually box what kind of service you're providing. So ultimately like what we've been doing is more the the inside 
um, into the field, whereas a very um, important part of design thinking is also ideation and prototyping. But um, prototyping is something that I currently, like that I haven't done in the professional field yet, um, which I would love to explore though. Um, and ideation, I think, is also, because ultimately, like, what is the service you're providing to your client? Is it like, you know, like, are you... Um, is it like a product development or are you like testing a product? So I think yeah, that is still like something that I'm currently also still figuring out. Okay, so it's still a question yeah. that's coming up now in your practice. Definitely. So you've identified for yourself that there's quite a gap between what we learn, mm. the idealized version, yeah. phase one, understand, <laughs> yeah. phase two, and, and then actually going out yeah into the real world and working with real clients with yeah. real users yeah and and even managing the expectations mm, um, exactly how was that for you like managing your own clients expectations i think you know like um I, i'm sure you uh you recall this beautiful sentence that they've been telling us trust the process <laughs> and i mean even for us and we've, we've been in that process for quite a while even us, we took quite some time to actually trust the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also the biggest gap that you as a provider of design thinking services, or that's just my personal experience, but like that I as a provider of design thinking services have with my client, because how do you actually say that all this like nonsense and that like up in the air thing that you're doing there is going to lead towards an actual, like very feasible and very tangible result, And also something that is very, like that just makes sense, you know? Yes. But like, I think, because this design thinking process is so not linear and so chaotic and up in the air, I think this is actually the biggest problem. And then coming back to your question, managing your client's expectation, um, I think it's, yeah, it's also trust, you know, between you and the client. And just also, yeah, for example, when the client then leans towards wanting quantitative data, you just have to clearly say, this is not what I can provide you with my design thinking approach. Then you have to like basically go somewhere else but it's still a bit hard I think to actually make make clear what kind of product you're delivering to the client and I think also in terms of managing expectations because sometimes it's even just the vocabulary like how do you know what you're actually speaking about because design thinking is such a new concept that it's even a bit hard you know even in terms of words to like get across yeah and it's it's quite broad exactly and it uh, encompasses a few things that clients might already be familiar with yeah. like market research perhaps yeah. that's a, a phrase that they're familiar with mm. and prototyping perhaps uh, depending on the industry that yeah. might be a phrase that they're familiar with but actually bringing it together and packaging the whole package exactly. and getting them to buy into the whole process and also telling them that you can be one expert for this whole process because this is exactly what design thinking is about I think you know when you look at like the departments at a company you maybe mm. have product development or business innovation but like separate. I'm not sure they're exactly. all separate exactly yeah. and I think that is also the beauty of design thinking because it makes so much sense that you're doing all of that and also personally I, I think collaboration is key like anywhere so col really collaborating with the client exactly getting them in exactly. to the team that's doing the design thinking work exactly so that they are part of that yeah. process they're learning it as well exactly they're exposing them to it and so that when you come out the other end with a result 
they believe in it yeah. a lot more because they've been there. And I think you're actually making an interesting point there because I, I do remember a past conversation that we had where we also spoke about how the client is not just also our client, but also someone that we, like our interviewee. So actually the client themselves can also be our user, if that makes sense. And I think that is actually a really interesting line to blur. And as you say, ultimately, this is also something like maybe the client is not going to like understand that at first, but I think ultimately this can also be a very nice way to instill trust in the clients to actually trust the process. Mm. To when they go participate. When they go through the process so themse themselves, yeah. Yeah, so in, in that way, would you say in the projects that you have been a part of, that your role was maybe less to be a coach mm -hmm. and more to be a type of orchestra leader Definitely. or a, would you would you say would you say so? Yeah. Also, I think I don't know. Like that's the beauty about design thinking. Also, that like even like the process, it's not something that is just you know. Like fixed stone. exactly like you basically ideate even the very process that you use every time you use it but i think also like you know the typical problem that when you do have a client who gives you some sort of um some sort of task or whatever or they want something solved you know like for example what we do with design thinking when we actually spend a lot of time in the problem space and we actually want to understand what the problem is first so you know i think actually also like your work starts so much earlier or is so much broader than you actually think at first because you also want to make sure that the client is actually asking the right questions mm. or that they actually get to the right like what is it that they that, that the client even or like once you know so you start even like it's not that you just get a brief and then you yes. execute you even question this very brief so definitely like you have to like manage whew, there's a a lot of uh, would, would you say that the double diamond that we were taught mm -hmm. do you think it needs another diamond in front of it <laughs> yeah maybe there's a whole process yeah. pre the project yeah no definitely um, in terms of getting your team together mm -hmm. choosing who is going to be part of the yeah. team including the client And as you said, exactly. managing their expectations, clarifying the brief. Yeah. No, and I think especially, like, as you say, like, managing the client, I think this is actually a very big part right. of, of corporate design thinking work, you know? So I do Definitely. think, and I think maybe that was also just one thing that I personally stumbled upon coming from this idealistic, you know, like, yeah, we were at the D school and, ah, it was UCT and, ah, we're all students and happy-go-lucky and then you in the outside world and it, it just looks a bit different yeah so it, it definitely borrows on a lot of like um consulting and, yeah. and how to consult exactly. well and yeah. and and really that aspect maybe the business aspect of it <laughs> yeah we, we could say that we're still figuring out mm. and i'm sure we're not alone i'm sure there are many yeah. other people many of our colleagues in in various african countries yeah who are just in the same boat as we are and probably have completely different solutions than we have of course of course yeah. um, is, would you say there's any specific adaptation that you've done to some part of the design thinking process that stands out for you in any of the mm. projects that you've been part of so far? That's a bit hard to say. I'm sure I have, but um, being aware of that mm. very specific adaptation. Or even something as simple as conducting telephone telephonic yeah. interviews no, in our context. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. So yeah, that's something that we've been doing just because cost 
and uh, budgets don't allow to actually speak to people and then like often yeah as you say like we don't even have like a video call so we can't even now take down gestures and of course a lot of information just goes missing in between mm. you know and even even i think just the um yeah the understand phase just like also breaking it down to like a very specific understand methods that then ultimately lead towards you know the the outcome that you want to have or even just preparing the data how do you get across what you want to get across so i think like one thing that we did lately to tap a bit more into actually underlying needs is we use the i wonder if that means method mm -hmm. and i think that just really helped us also then ultimately for us to ideate but that really helped us to like untap you know certain just certain statements that our users made just to yeah make a sense deeper. of it yeah and also ultimately i think that is the very beauty of design thinking data that you can get so i think just going back to to this very thing really made our our yeah process more round more fruitful mm. I can, yeah and and is there any resources that you've come across over this period of time that you've been uh, freelancing and consulting in this space is, has there been any resources you came across that you thought oh, okay this is quite helpful <laughs> I wish someone had shown me this uh, two months ago um, what I found really nice I actually read the book wow but I'm horrible um, Victor Papanek okay so I read the original wow I'm terrible with titles but um, I'm sure I can look it up so yeah I read his book and it was basically like more or less the very first design thinking book and he is still a bit more on the design side but it's very interesting to just I don't know like how like how radical design can be and I think he like speaks about for example he speaks about the malaria medication mm -hmm. and like that they like you know beautifully uh, implemented in like I don't remember which African country it was um, but then ultimately the execution was so bad that like no one had stuck and like whatever not so you know like you can have all these beautiful ideas but if you don't design think also every every part of the process through I don't know so I found that very interesting because he actually took like very um, old examples or like you know like very casual examples and he was like mm, why don't you put a bit of design thinking on that so like right. why don't you or even he even explained for example like actual design pieces so he had like um, three chairs oh, that okay. he he thinks are the only chairs that are actually you know eligible to be called chairs right. and he explained that very nicely um why it is like that mm. and I think just also then again like he connects it with like design principles you know like form function aesthetics like all these kind of things so he has these like five um categories that he basically measures okay. things on but like actual things hey? right even objects like, and but, so on no but even also like um projects or ah, social right. issues so like right. you know he applies that in like a very interesting manner and I think that just like because I think you know like our design thinking program like we were like we had theory input definitely but I think for me personally like I always like just reading up on things mm. and just digging a bit deeper mm. and like this was also like a very I don't know it was just a completely different view awesome. on design thinking oh, oh now you're yeah. making me curious now I need <laughs> to, to go <laughs> go and find this book but um yeah, yeah no that's really great so if people want to get hold of you or see some of your work where can they follow you uh, so you can find me on Instagram where you can also I do a bit of photography so I have that on there my Instagram handle is Ginger Macy yep I am Ginger <laughs> she, she is a redhead guys I can confirm yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and otherwise I guess yeah I think that's the best 
um, way to get hold of me. Or also, I have the same email address if you uh, don't want to slide into the DMs. So it's uh, gingermacy at gmail.com if you want to speak to me about design thinking or any any work or creative projects. Yeah, whatever whatever you want to speak to me about. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming through, Joe. Thanks for inviting me, Thank Maria. you for sharing your stories. Thank you. <laughs> and remember, listeners, you can always subscribe, subscribe to our uh, email list and receive our newsletters and the next podcast in our series. So that's the end for us. <laughs> Bye.